Uh, well, for those of you who were not here last week, or those of you who had a long week like myself and might not remember, last week Dave started us on a new journey with the book of Galatians. He did a really great job to start us off. He uh, kind of gave us a big picture and introduced us to Gal Galatians and summarized some of the big points that Paul's going to be talking about. And he also covered the first uh, half of chapter 1. I'm going to be in Galatians chapter 1, verses 11 through 24. Many Bibles, but some Bibles and many commentaries refer to this section as Paul's defense. When Dave first gave me the section to preach on, immediately there was a part of me that connected with Paul. Serving as a missionary for over 26 years now in Africa and the U.S., unfortunately, has given me times where rumors and uneducated quick assumptions have been made and where we've had to speak a defense. I first want to make it really clear that we've had many wonderful churches and individuals that have been very generous and supportive throughout the years. We could only do what we are called to do with their partnership. I also want to say, which I say a lot, that um, the Great Commission is for the whole church, and that's what I believe. Some are called to go, and others are called to sin, but, we, but it's a partnership. We need all. However, in darker times of ministry, we have seen support dropped without any notice, ugly church conflict where we were used as punching bags like children in a bad divorce as supporting churches went through splits, as well as unfortunate rumors about us where people have been very judgmental about the work that God has done through us, to really silly assumptions that others have made about our work that brings with it harsh criticism. Like, why don't you get a real job? Or did you get a degree in this? To really crazy questions like, do you work with black people in Africa? In times like this, the question is, do we defend ourselves? When do we speak and when do we stay silent? I would love to share that with the Lord's help, we've always navigated these seasons perfectly well. <laughs> but as you know, we are all human. And sometimes we've been overly defensive and spoken um, and sometimes we've been silent when we should have spoken. It's these examples of when Paul defends himself or when he finds his identity, as Dave spoke about last week, where he looks to please God and not men that have helped us through these really difficult seasons. So let's dive in. I would like for you to stand as we read God's Word. To me, reading God's Word is an act of worship, just like when we sing songs. Or when we pray. Um, periodically, I like to change the translation that I'm reading in. It helps me to see God's word afresh. So I'll be reading from the voice translation. Galatians 1, 11 through 24. Know this, dear brothers and sisters, the good news I brought to you isn't the latest fiction or product of some creative mind. It's not a legend I learned or one that has been passed down from person to person, ear to ear. I was gifted with this message as Jesus the Anointed revealed himself miraculously to me. Surely you are familiar with my personal story, with my dedication to the teachings and traditions of Judaism. I persecuted the Church of God. In fact, I meant to destroy it. I excelled in the teachings of Judaism far above any other Jewish leader. I was zealous 
to practice the ways of our ancestors. But God, who set me apart, even before our birth, and called me by his grace, chose to his great delight to reveal his son in me so I could tell the story among the outside nations. I didn't confer with anyone right away, nor did I go to those who were already in, in, in possessories in Jerusalem. I went straight to Arabia and later returned to Damascus. After living this adventurous mission for three years, I made my way to Jerusalem and spent 15 days with Cyphus, who you know as Peter. But I didn't see any em emissaries other than James, the Lord's brother. You can be certain that what I'm offering you is the authentic account. Before God, it's the whole truth. I wouldn't lie. Later, I journeyed to Syria and Cilicia, and since I had spent so little time in Judea among the churches of the Anointed One, no one there could pick me out of a crowd. But stories of my call and mission preceded me. The very man who wanted to kill us, all is now preaching the faith he once labored to destroy. And so they praised God for the miracle he did in my life. You may be seated. There are several things here that Paul wants us to know. First, he wants to make it very clear that he preaches not from human origin, but from Jesus Christ's revelation. It's to combat those who are challenging his authority as apostle. Some were saying, was he just a self-appointed imposter? Um, several of the commentators that I read this week had some things to add, and I just wanted to share from two of them. Walford and Zuck explained three things that Paul's trying to say here. One, Paul certified that the gospel did not originate with man. Paul also declares that he did not receive the gospel for, from any human source. And finally, Paul affirms that he did not receive the gospel he preached by means of some course of instruction like the Galatians had from him. He, on the other hand, makes it clear that his he received the revelation directly from Jesus Christ. Now this, of course, is referring to when Paul met Jesus on the road to Damascus. And a lot of us are familiar that, with that story from if we went to church when we were young. But if you're not familiar, it's found in Acts 9, 1-9. And you can read that this week. The second thing that Paul wants us to know is Paul takes charge of his story. He owns his past and he lays it out on the table. But he makes God and his grace the hero and not his sordid past. I want to focus next on verse 15. I want to read it one more time. But God, who set me apart even before birth and called me by his grace, chose to his great delight to reveal his son to me so I could tell his story among the outsider nations. I cannot help but chase a little bit of a rabbit hole right here and point out that we are all spoken for. Called out before we were born. You know, there's many scriptures in the Bible that talk about this. But one of my favorites is found in Ezekiel 16, 6 through 14. It's a beautiful parable of God's love towards us. Redeeming an infant that's been thrown into a field and loving her and being faithful to her despite her faithful, faithlessness. With the work I've done with orphans and vulnerable children 
through helping place thrown kids into loving families and seeing firsthand that they have been spoken for by the Father. These have been really sacred moments in my life. I have had the privilege to witness this firsthand. It's hard to explain the feeling of awe when seeing an orphan placed in a mother's arm by the Sisters of Calcutta who run the baby's home called Home of Hope in Rwanda. Knowing how much energy, paperwork, sleepless nights, and endless waiting went into the journey the adoptive parents, as well as the loss, rejection, and hardship that each little infant and child had witnessed at such a young age. It's miraculous to see God weave these families together. God redeemed what was lost, and he see, and we see indeed that each of these little ones are spoken for. Even the ones that don't end up in families, they are spoken for. In the same way, we are all spoken for. You know in those seasons where you feel alone, where you maybe feel like you're forgotten? I want you to remember that God called you, each of you, and he has spoken for you. You are his. Just like Paul, God sees and God calls you to him. Now back to Paul's response. Paul's immediate response to his calling is to preach Jesus among the Gentiles, not to consult human beings, he didn't go down to Jerusalem to see the other apostles that were called before him. He obediently, he was obedient to the call. First, he went to Arabia. Many of the commentators reason that because this is a more desolate area, that Paul was there to be away from men, to be alone with the Lord in personal study and meditation, and to receive further revelations. And then later he returns to Damascus. You know, sometimes we're tempted to cower to the majority leader or controls of our society. Sometimes it's just easier to go along with the crowd. But, as Dave pointed out last week, and as the word shared in here, it's important for us not to seek man's approval, but to seek what God has for us. We need to clearly hear God's voice. Now, this is not to say that we should isolate ourselves away from community. There's definitely a place for fellowship, the sharpening that comes from, from others as we work out God's will for our lives. But we must go to God first and put more weight on what he thinks than what others think. As a people pleaser, this has been a very hard lesson to learn but it's also given me so much freedom. And I would encourage all of you to lean into that. Finally, after three years, Paul went to Jerusalem for 15 days to get to know Peter, and he didn't see any other apostles except for James, who was Jesus' brother. And I think Paul is sharing this information to further explain that he is not being instructed by the other apostles. This is in face of the Judaizers' charges that he has misused relationship with the apostles. Paul puts himself on an oath, calling God to be his witness, that he is telling the truth. He's making it very, very clear that his instructions came from Christ and Christ alone. Paul then shared that he went to Syria and Sicilia, and he said, I personally was unknown to the churches in Judea that are in Christ, 
but they saw the fruit. The man who formerly persecuted us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. They praised God because of Paul. According to the commentators, the same ones I had quoted earlier, while Ford ends up, this was a telling blow to the false teachers. The Jewish Christians in Judea rejoice in the same gospel that the Judaizers were seeking to undermine. Okay, so what is all this? I've broken down and I've read the scripture and I've kind of said what I believe it means, but what does this all mean to me? What is the takeaway for us today? I feel like there's several takeaways. First, in seasons in our lives where there are rumors or untruths that are being told about us, it's important to know whose we are. Paul recognized that he was spoken for, that his origins came from Christ and Christ alone. If you've ever been in these kind of seasons, it can be lies that are coming from other people, or a lot of times it can be self-lies that we tell, tell ourselves, or even that Satan comes and accuses us. Sometimes these seasons can be very disorientating. After a while, it's hard to discern the truth from the lies. Lies can hold so much power. Surely there must be some truth in these accusations. Where there are sparks, there must be fire. I would encourage you to hold to God's truth about you and make that your foundation. Also, just like Paul, we should own our own story. But like Paul, make God's grace the hero. Do not let others hijack your story for their agendas. Your story is for you to tell and you to tell alone. Do not be tempted to over-embellish or to cover up your sin. Speak the truth in humility. Third, do not cower to the majority leader or controllers of our society and do not seek man's approval over doing what God requires of us. We need to clearly hear God's voice and do what he asks us to do. I mean, it sounds simple, but it isn't simple. Sometimes it's very difficult. Sometimes it can cause you to lose relationships with family members or close friends that you have. But I encourage you, from my life experience, in the end, it is, it is such a blessing to hear God's voice and obey it. Finally, at times, we must, like Paul, share facts and truths to help others have information to see the truth in a particular situation. I think we do this with those that we have a relationship with, who are seeking to understand the truth, not with those that are out to destroy us, like the Judaizers were to Paul, but how the Galatian church was to Paul. This letter that I read wasn't to the Judaizers. Paul isn't writing to the Judaizers, defending himself to them. He's writing to the Galatians. He's writing to his brothers and sisters that have a relationship with, and he is sharing with them so that they are not misled by the other things that they're hearing from the Judaizers. He wants them to hear the truth from him. So I know this has been kind of a short and sweet sermon, but I'd like you to stand, and I'm going to... Uh, give you a blessing this morning. But God, who set me apart even before birth and called me by his grace, chose to his great delight 
to reveal his son to me so I could call him, I could tell his story. May the grace and peace of God the Father and the Lord Jesus, the anointed, live in you. He is the very Savior who rescues us from this present and perverse age, dominated by evil, by giving his life according to our Father, will to deal with our sins. May God's glorious name forever receive honor. Amen.